Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA team-focused podcasts, Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Beyond the Ball with Eric Klump and Justin Gerson. Guys, welcome back to another episode Coach Klump, how you doing? Pretty good. I had a great week. Um, you know, teacher appreciation week, which is pretty nice by the admin and the students reaching out, showing you that they appreciate you. And on Thursday, I was able to catch our latest conversation. It was pretty cool with Alan Stein Jr., you know. And I go back and try to self-assess and improve on what we deliver to our audience. And, you know, you, one thing that I got caught up on is that you brought up the importance of your inner circle, and I thought to myself, this is a very huge separator in life. Like, A, this is something we have complete control over, the selection of this process in general. And it's something that directly enhances us and can suppress you. Because, we, you know, me as a high school teacher, I see this all the time. And so I got back into some reading um, Kevin Eastman's book, uh, Why the Best are the Best. And in there is a little paragraph in Hall of Famer George Raveling states, you know, they must have a direct impact on your growth by bringing you unique value, that your inner circle must bring out the best in you, challenge you, energize you, and make you think. So I just wanted to send a celebration out to you for bringing that up in the conversation, and it got me into some deep thought. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that back up as well. I've always found on my journey, like, who I let in closely um, on certain things and stimulate my growth. You know, one of the popular quotes that I've heard recently is like, uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to probably butcher it, but basically it goes something like, if you wouldn't take someone's advice, you shouldn't take their criticism, um, you know, in terms of growth and this idea that, you know, we worry so much about sometimes about what people are saying to you. But like, if you wouldn't take advice from that person, if they're, if they're not, uh, held to the standard with which you hold people that give you advice, you know, then why would you listen to them try to tear you down? And I think that goes back to my inner circle of which, you know, I would include you in that. And then we have some other friends that we are both acquaintances with or friends with that make up that circle. You know, obviously my faith leader and my parents are in that circle. My wife is in that circle. And so just a huge, huge deal for me. I've never really ever been someone that, you know, brings everybody in. I try to listen to everybody, but in terms of like direction that my life goes and decision-making, it's a pretty small circle. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's a real conversation that every person should have. You know, I have that conversation with my kids as well. Like, 
you know, you can only let so many people have a voice in your decision-making process, you know, and influence that thing. And so just being really alert and really aware to what that decision-making process and who those people are is pretty important. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. And a huge shout out to all students and administrators that took the time this week. Teacher appreciation um, is something that, and we celebrate this all the time, especially throughout the pandemic, you know, making sure people know that teachers you know, are appreciated and that we appreciate them. And we're, we're teachers as well. So obviously we appreciate the job that, you know, other teachers are doing, but it's nice to get recognized once in a while. And mm-hmm. not that you do it for the pat on the back, but it's sometimes it's nice to get that pat on the back. So that was huge. My uh, celebration and maybe just change gears here is it's Mother's Day today. We're recording this. So, you know, a big shout out to any mothers that are listening. Yes, shout out to my mom, um, my wife is a mother, you know, you, your mom, et cetera. Everybody out there that mothers are just kind of the backbone. And I know you have a verse for us, but I was doing some reading today and, you know, Proverbs 31, 27, uh, just kind of hit home on this Mother's Day. It says she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed her husband also, and he praises her. And so that I think just rings true for my wife. We just, you know, took a moment this morning to sit down and pray as a family and shared that with her because she needs to know, all moms need to know, you know, if they're doing their job and doing it in a godly way, that they um, they are not surpassed by anyone, that they're the rock of, rock of the household. So big celebrations to all the moms out there that are doing their thing. Yes, sir. So what do you got for us tonight? All Anything right. So we can get into uh, our guest tonight. Uh, we'll save his introduction till after, but what would he got? Okay, I'm going gonna, gonna to go to John 1.1, same thing. Like on this Mother's Day, it really made me think, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And when the Word was God, He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him him. And, you know, we were were able to spend some time outside in West New York. Um, Some of the leaves are starting to pop and the flowers are starting to bloom. And it reminded me that God's creation is all around us and every painted sky is a canvas of his grace. And sometimes as adults, we just get so busy or even sometimes jaded to appreciate what's all around us and that he created it all. And that's where my mind and my heart went with this verse. Yeah, taking the second, and I think where I might even tie that again back into Mother's Day is just yep. taking a time to pause and appreciate uh, the world that we live in. And just like we would pause on a day like today to appreciate someone that sometimes we take for granted, right? Take moms for granted, take your wives for granted. And we do that sometimes with our earth, that everything here is is for his glory and I agree with you 100%. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and, and just recognize the beauty that's out there. Yeah, we get so busy with our everyday lives and we just get so engulfed with everything that you just got to sit back and, and like the old saying, smell the flowers, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of time and be able to do that, you finished up your season, right? Yes, sir. Yes, very successful season with a lot of growth. Um, by many of our adults, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, adults on our coaching staff and, and uh, our, our players. So 
it was just, it was just a great to be able to pour in and to, to serve the guys each and every day. I, I got home Friday and I was like, man, I miss it already. Yeah, you guys were on a you were on a roll personally, right from hoops into football. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see as our spring sports get rolling here in Western New York this coming week. Uh, if the weather plays nice, if the weather plays nice, unless these kids get out there and get after it, if we're going to have to still do some uh, rearranging, so it will definitely. They need a break. They need to catch a break here. Yeah, they do. And that, you know what, though, to my guys, some of my guys' credit, they went from hoops right into football, and they were right at baseball practice last mm-hmm. week. Um, didn't didn't get the football playoff selection like they wanted. So, you know, they were right out back out there on the baseball diamond and, and ready to go, so especially the seniors, just trying to figure out this last little stretch of weeks uh, to finish out their high school, high school career. I just think they're really trying to embrace it and – stay connected to it. So it's good. Embrace the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of embracing the opportunity, we have a really fun guest tonight. Um, Micah Mills is going to join us. He is the assistant men's basketball coach, associate head men's basketball coach for the Wilmington Quakers. He is a PGC guy, which is Mm -hmm. the connection that we've made with him. And so really interested to hear about, you know, his journey, his his time beyond the ball and what he kind of does outside of the game to be a transformational coach. So super excited to have this conversation. What do you think? Yes, let's go. All right. We are going to get out then, um, have a couple of uh, advertisements. And when we come back, we'll have Coach Mills. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. All right, guys, we are back with Beyond the Ball and Coach Micah Mills. Coach, how are you? And I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Pleasure to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Coach, Coach thanks for coming on Beyond the Ball podcast. You know, we, uh, we met up at a PGC. Coach Justin and I are big PGC disciples, and we saw you there giving out a ton of energy, and we always just want to celebrate the people that are using this game to serve others. And that's why we needed to get you on there. So I wanted to start out by asking you, when did you learn or figure that out that basketball was going to be this vehicle that you were going to travel life through and serve others through? Man. Yeah. Uh, first off, man, it's uh, the PGC family, right? Is just so dynamic and there's so many connections that we've all made from all over, honestly, all over the world. And uh, mm-hmm. it's amazing the quality of people that come through PGC, man. So, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be on here with uh, with you guys, man. And, uh, yeah, we go back to those, those PGC days. But um, I remember when I, at, at my high school, I graduated from Dover High School, which is just north of, uh, it was just south of Akron Canton area. And uh, our high school coach, Coach Von Kennel, does a great job of just 
ingraining us as high school players to give back to our community, give back to youth basketball. Uh, and so Saturday mornings, we have to coach biddy ball, right? You know, we play Friday nights, whether it's on the road or home, we always have to wake up and we have a Saturday biddy ball team uh, that we coach throughout the whole season. And uh, I remember that first year when I made varsity as a sophomore and getting my first team and just like how excited uh, those kids were to just get celebrated and and to grow the game of basketball. Like when they were growing in the game of basketball, uh, it made me excited, man. And I, I remember just getting fired up for those kids success. And I knew at that point in time that, you know, coaching uh, and coaching basketball could be an area that uh, I could get into. So, Coach, coaching that youth basketball and now working your way up to where you currently are, kind of give us a rundown of what role you have now, what kind of, what's the journey kind of been like so our listeners can kind of get a feel for, for where it's taking you. Yeah, so I guess I'll go the journey first. Um, so I, I played after after high school. I played for uh, four years at Ohio Valley University, uh, which is a Division two school actually in West Virginia. Um, after I played there, I got my degree in education. I wanted to go the teacher high school route. Uh, and when I was looking at teaching jobs, I had a lot of people that were talking to me about, you know, getting my master's and, you know, that's something that you want to do early on and, and don't stop, you know, going to school right away, try to do it as soon as you can. So I started to look at graduate assistant positions and honestly, I thought I would, you know, be a GA and then go right back to high school, you know, once I got my master's degree. But uh, I, I got hooked up at Otterbein University, which is in Columbus, Ohio. I was just uh, cold, cold calling coaches, cold calling emails. Um, and I just know Todd Adrian had just gotten hired at Wilmington College. And I just sent him an email and uh, had some people give him some calls on my behalf. And I got an interview there and uh, got set up there. So I became a graduate assistant at Otterbein for, for two and a half years, basically. And then after that, um, I met my, I met the coach that I currently work for, Coach Casey Hunt. And I actually met him out when I was uh, recruiting. And we just got to know each other through the recruiting process. And he started to see me out more. And, you know, I started to go up to him and talk to him more. And then he had an opening come up on his position. Um, and that's how that kind of connection built. And that's how that worked. And so now I've been at Wilmington College, which is a Division three school just north of Cincinnati. I've been there now six years. And um, I've been bumped up to associate head coach. And my role now is, as honestly, I do any and everything in our program other than, uh, you know, the two hours that, that the game's going on uh, is, is the time that I, you know, I have to have my assistant hat on and, and be locked in on, on doing those roles. So, yeah. So my, that's awesome, Micah. So let me ask you this. At the, you know, Division three level, yep. are there other things that you need to do outside of the basketball program to kind of be – you know, sustain like a standard of living or are you just living off the hoops? Yeah, no. So, uh, you know, we're on basically we're on 10 month contracts, right? So they give us the summer as opportunities to find some ways to, you know, do real honestly do whatever you want. There's some coaches who who do other things. There's there's some coaches who don't. But my summertime is full of working uh, PGC basketball sessions, you know, so that's kind of those are the two main ways that 
I, I guess you could say I, I have my income. Um, I also coach an AAU basketball team, uh, Mid-Ohio Pumas, which is based out of here in, in, Col- in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so those are about the three things that I'm, I'm doing constantly uh, all year round. Now, at Wilmington, I also um, am, am a professor. I coach a couple classes, um, and then I or teach a couple classes, and uh, I'm our, also our intramural director on campus as well. Oh, now, that's Mike, when, when freshmen arrive, when you're recruiting, even at the D3 level, yep. and you get them on campus and they're part of your culture and a part of your program, what do you think is the most eye-opening for those freshmen playing at the next level? Yeah, the biggest thing for us at the Division three level that you run into is uh, people don't really know the talent at the Division three level. So even though these young men have been recruited uh, and they've met our players on our team and they've probably been to games and things like that, they still are blown away by just how talented everyone on our roster is. Um, and then that goes into how talented everybody that we playing that we're going to be playing is. And so, uh, you know, I just had a conversation with one of our freshmen the other day. We just wrapped up um, our last semester last week. And I was talking to him and I was just like, you know, what was your biggest surprise this year as a freshman? And I was like, you can go any way with it, campus, ball, whatever. And he was just like, man, I honestly, I just I had no idea how talented everybody was going to be. He said, you know, you you told me how it was going to be and I thought it was going to be like this. He said, but everybody here can play. And that's always just that biggest gap, you know, that kids have to realize is like everybody on our team and everybody we're going to play against was an all conference player. Everybody was, you know, we have multiple thousand point scores on our roster. Uh, we have multiple guys that, you know, led their team deep into the state tournament runs and things like that. And uh, and yeah, you know, it's this talent at this level. It really is. Yeah, I, Michael, that's such a great point. Eric and I are both, you know, we coach against each other now, competed against each other in high school. And Eric played football at a Division three school here in New York, and I attempted to play basketball. And I think that that was maybe my biggest takeaway because mm-hmm. Eric and I were both first team, you know, all conference for, right. for our league, which is a smaller league. But And I thought I was pretty decent. Right. I went to like a, a – I would say at the time an average to below average division three program here in Western New York. And Mm -hmm. I just remember being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to play basketball. And you get there and there's like guys that, you know, would just dominate in the league you came from. So I I really appreciate you saying that. One of the things that I struggled with is there was really no, at least I, at the time, maybe I missed it, but at the time it didn't really appear to me, in that particular program. And there was a coaching change in there, but there was nothing for the athlete to get acclimated mm-hmm. and to like mentor them through that process. So what, what's some of the things you guys do at Wilmington to kind of help those a- athletes get acclimated mm-hmm. into school and into that level of competition? Is there anything that really stands out? I would say the, the first thing that we really do is um, we don't have anything. So first off, at the Division three level, we can't do anything mandatory basketball-wise uh, until later in the semester anyway. Um, okay. But even as far as like open gyms or lifting and things like that, we give our, we give our athletes about that first two weeks um, to number one, to just get acclimated and being in college, right? So we don't, we don't, 
jumped down their backs right away of being like, okay, we have lifting at this time, we have open gym at this time, and you know, you have your, you know, your uh, senior led, you know, workout at this time. We we give them that first two weeks to just get used to being at college because you know it can be overwhelming for a lot of these kids who are for the first time in their lives they're waking up and they're mm-hmm. going to bed without having an adult in their house. You know, and just that concept right there can be overwhelming at times. Um, so we really build that first two weeks of doing a lot of team activities of like going putt putt and, and going uh, we go bowling and, um, you know, do different things like that from playing kickball to playing capture flag and just types of games to just get them comfortable with the guys that they're going to be around and also to get them comfortable being around us every single day. Um, and that's that's really seemed to work by just not overwhelming them that, that first two weeks. Um, and then we have a lot of, you know, Wilmington does a great job of we have a lot of student support and student um, guidance, things like that on campus that, you know, we make sure our guys get involved with. Uh, but the, I, I think the very first thing is like we just we make sure they get comfortable with who they're going to be around first uh, before we start to over, overload them with their schedule. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good approach. So as a coach, um, what are some things that you do or you're, as a staff when you feel that one of your players is somewhat getting overwhelmed with everything that's going on, books, uh, schoolwork, and, and basketball? Man, you know, one of the first things we talk to our guys about is we have an open door policy, right? And so, you know, you can come to us with anything that you want, any type of topic from, uh, you know, being homesick to, you know, your girl problems to your academics, whatever it is, we want our guys to know that they can come to our offices and they can call us and have those conversations. Um, And then the second thing is, is we really talk to our guys a lot about, you know, we are healed. We are here to help you. But if you don't ask for help, we won't know. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to get our guys to embrace that. Just, hey, ask for help, man. Let us know what's going on. Um, And sometimes it takes longer than others for some to learn that and to trust that. Uh, but the real, the biggest thing is just getting our guys to open up and say that they are struggling, say that they do need help in these things. Um, and then once from there, you know, we can go all types of different avenues. We've, we have, uh, our players on campus are, you know, our counselor on campus who sees our guys. We have our academic uh, success coaches who sees our guys on a regular basis as well. So they're getting peppered, uh, with a lot of voices and, and a lot of support from different angles that if, if they can't come to us for the immediate answer, we know who can get them to answer right away. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. All right. So I need to backtrack for one second. You said you, so you coach at the college level, yep. you do PGC, which is awesome. And you mentioned in there that you coach AAU. Yeah. And so my son just took, uh, he's going to have his first PGC experience this summer. Awesome. And awesome. What grade is he in now? He's going in the eighth. Okay. Um, okay. He, he's as tall as I am. He's six foot tall. Okay. Uh, him and his cousin are going, we're going to Springfield. Nice. Uh, well, unless the directors change, we're going with Dustin and Matt. We're okay. Going with two separate ones. Yep. Um, and so he's ready to go. But we took this trip to Erie, Pennsylvania uh, a weekend ago, two weeks ago now, and it was a qualifier. And yep. our, our team is a tryout team, but it's not like an elite level program here in, in the Buffalo area. So mm-hmm. we went down there and saw some pretty legit competition from down your way, you know, Cincinnati, Columbus, yep. you know, some Pittsburgh squads. And so my question to you is now that you are on both sides, because I'm also like high school coach, but also like travel ball coach. Yep. Like what's, what do you see as the role of AAU 
And do you see like any diminishing returns in there? Like, is there a certain level that you should push for? Are you seeing it as a chance to showcase or develop? Like what's your approach to AAU um, just in general? Like how do you, how do you approach it when you're coaching? Yeah. You know, for me, it's all about help. So I coach uh, 2024. So these kids are freshmen about to be sophomores. Um, And so all of my guys are on that borderline of, uh, trying to make a jump to being a varsity mm-hmm. contributor and, okay. and and type of role. Okay, so I'm not coaching like one of those elite teams where I have uh, you know five stars or, or anything like that. So I definitely yeah. think that it, it changes per per group of guys that you're coaching. Uh, so my my approach to it with my guys is I'm trying to teach all these young men, right, all these freshmen, on how to separate themselves. Uh, from their peers and become a varsity player as a sophomore, which we all know is is a challenge, right? That's 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 tough to do. Um, and so, yeah, that that's my approach is to teach these guys how to separate themselves. Um, and I, and I honestly, you know, if you're not on, if you're not at you know, the elite teams, right? One of those teams where, you know, there's six kids on this team that are going division one. Um, I think that should be the, always be the approach, right? Is like, individually how can you learn how to separate yourself from the kids in your age group um and then number two is like let's come together as a team and separate ourselves from the kids that we're playing against at this age group now that goes into a lot of different different realms you can unpack that in different ways but that's that's my approach to it man it's just every day um when we have our practices uh, and when we have our games, that's what I'm talking to them about, about how can you separate yourself from your peers so you can, you know, make a varsity roster and be a varsity contributor next year. All right. So let me unpack that a little bit with you. Yep. And, and I'm, this is almost purely selfish right now, yep. thinking about my son and my daughters. I love it. Um, who's what the one daughter is going in the 10th grade, similar situation you just talked mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. One's coming to middle school, looking to maybe make the, the freshman team. Um, when you say a separator, what do you, like what are you what are some of those conversations like? How are you advising or counseling these kids to separate? Like, is it skill wise? Is it leadership wise? If it is skill wise, what are some of the areas that you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. So the first the first two things that uh, and all of my guys on my on my team right now can articulate these two phrases, but is uh, you have to raise your urgency and you have to raise your awareness. Right. And, and specifically the urgency spot, I think, is the biggest difference between like uh, how urgent a player plays with on offense, defense, whatever. You can see it change between freshman and JV, JV and varsity and varsity and college basketball players. Right. And then the kid that's always on the court that is is aggressively going after, uh, you know, rebounds. That's aggressively attacking with the basketball, um, aggressively playing defense um, and and acting like, and you say you have that sense of urgency. You just, you're not just out there just being passive and waiting for things to come to you, but you're going out and taking it and you're going out and, uh, yeah, and, and grabbing the game. Um, and then that, that trickles into a, awareness of just, you know, not being that kid that's in the backside corner hugging his defend hugging his defender. Um, not being that kid that when I penetrated, I have two guys on me and I have a shooter in the corner. You know, those those level of awareness is they just have to they have to raise with every every step. And obviously that goes to our vision and that goes to our skill set to be able to make those plays. But once you have those plays, like I have a I have a group of guys right now um, that they have a, a solid skill level and you know they can handle the basketball. They 
can pass, they can do these things. But now it's just the awareness of doing it every single time. Um, so yeah, that's those are kind of two things that I talk about a lot, a lot about. So Micah, let me let me keep on this subject because I I just absolutely love it. So you're talking about raising urgency. Say uh, you have a very skilled but very passive player. Mm -hmm. How do we do that outside of just conversation? Mm, Well, I like to put our guys in situations that they have to be um, aggressive in, right. They have to be in a, in attack mode, you know, from a standpoint of, we play a lot of, we do a lot of, in our, in our AAU practice and even our, our college practices, we do a lot of small sided games and, mm-hmm. you know, advantage, advantage games. Right. So, you know, we're doing stuff where it's basically, uh, you have a defender, uh, you know, two on two attacking stuff. And the, the defender that's guarding the guy on the ball is behind the play. So the player with the basketball has the advantage. Um, mm-hmm. Unless unless they're dribbling to make a pass or they're dribbling to, you know, let that defender get back into play, then obviously that advantage gets taken away very quickly. Uh, so we do a lot of things like that where they have the advantage um, and they have to work on being the aggressor and attacking this. And then I do a lot of stuff, you know, we I call it just rewind, right? Rewind plays. And I say, OK, let's rewind that, like get to exactly where you were at. And freeze it right where they're at and say, okay, now make this decision here. What what do you see? And this is where we need you to get. And this is the aggressiveness, right? This is what we need you to do every single time is when you get this gap, you have to take it. You know, stuff like that, uh, I think, allows those players to to feel it, right? Because they have to feel what that actually means. And so we can coach talk all we want, but if our players don't feel it and see it, then it won't translate, um, which obviously those are several things that uh, I've learned, you know, through through working with PGC over the years, man. But I just I see I think those are great tools to help players actually see and feel what we're talking about, you know, allowing them to rewind plays and things like that. Coach, raise your urgency, raise your awareness mm-hmm. and rewind the play. I think that is going to be part of my message at my next three hours so, <laughs> Michael, you, just, you just you just practice planned me out for tomorrow <laughs> I, i'm i'm ready to go now i'm ready to go hey those are all those are all things I, i've stolen from other coaches man but you know here uh, example of this we we're playing two on two on two the other day in practice and the next two guys that were up were they were they they had the whole half court right so they could have started guarding the players coming at them at the half court line but they were waiting at like the three point line in the volleyball line area uh, so I let it go a couple times um, and then th- those kids were getting scored on because they were they were back they weren't and I and I paused I said guys this is the urgency I'm talking about like just the anticipation and the readiness right here of well, as soon as this ball crossed the court boom I'm right on them I'm right away not just I'm still standing up. I'm still just, you know, looking over, not really paying attention. Oh, now the ball's on me. Um, now I play defense. Like that's the urgency that you have to have. At as soon as a drop of a hat, I'm ready to go. I'm right here, type of thing. So, so yeah, I, I, I just think it's uh, there's a big difference between just church, uh, coach talk and, and and letting these guys see it and feel it. You know. Yeah, I think for me the biggest thing, and I appreciate you saying that because in this tournament we were just at. You know, we, we were okay. We went one and three. You know, I play all my kids pretty much evenly. Yep. But some of the squads we played from down your way, man, they just laid it on us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was the conversation afterwards. Like, do we just – we need to just all recognize how hard they played from the moment the ball went in the air. And my guys were kind of, you know, waking up. Yep. 
you know, they're 12 years old, yep. they're out of town, traveling for the, like really the first time. They were at this, the hotel pool and, yeah. you know, had a late breakfast and then they get there and they're like, okay, here we go. They were going to ease know? into it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, and it's like, no, boys, it's it's 8 a.m., but we got to go. Right. It's time to go. So <laughs> I appreciate those words of encouragement. I'm going to change directions a little bit here, uh, considering we are taping on, a, on Mother's Day. Uh, I just wanted to see... You know, because we do talk about beyond the ball here. Yep. You know, what has your family impact um, been on your journey, on your career through basketball? You know, we had a former guest on here, Marquis Freeman, who you know, and she was yep. very uh, outspoken about the mm-hmm. role her mom played and her yep. family played. And so I just wanted to kind of touch base with you, too, given that it's Mother's Day. Like, what has that family influence been on you, both development as a player and as a person? Man, uh, honestly, second to none. Second to none, man. I've been I've been uh, thoroughly blessed to have uh, a fantastic mother um, who's always been there for me since you know I can remember in so many different ways, not just basketball, um, but you know let's let's you know joining the two together a little bit. Um, I remember when I first played on the AAU team, I made a team. I, I, I made a team out of Cleveland. All right, so Cleveland's about an hour and fifteen minutes from me, and uh, we were we were a pretty solid team. Um, we we practiced, you know, two days a week and uh, had tournaments on the weekend. Um, and my mom, you know, my mom was a, uh, you know, she raised us as a single, single mother household for, I have three older siblings. Uh, but my mom, I mean, she would get home, you know, from, from work a little after five, five fifteen, five thirty, uh, and hop in the car and drive me up to practice, man, you know, an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes away. Uh, like it was nothing, you know, and just little things like that that I can always think of and, and tie back to that. Uh, my mom always gave me the, the the biggest support. I remember, you know, my freshman year of high school, I wanted to become a better shooter and uh, I played football as well. And uh, she would, you know, I would get up. I had morning lifting at 6.15 for football. Uh, but my mom would take me to the YMCA at like 5.30 and we'd get shots up and she would rebound for me at the YMCA. You know, stuff like that where uh, I can't, I was telling her today, you know, Mother's Day and things like that. And I'm just like, mom, you already know, like words on yeah. one day is never enough to repay and never enough to thank you. So, you know, I just, I love you. Happy Mother's Day type of thing. But yeah, my mom was second, second to none when it came to stuff like that, man. She's always just uh, told me, told me I could be the best, you know, always, always told me that I could win whatever it was I was doing and always just poured love on me that I'll never be able to, uh, never be able to repay and no words going to say it enough. And just like looking at your path, it seems like that, had such a big influence on, you know, like her dedication and what she did for you seems like you're, you're almost paying it forward indirectly, you know? Uh, I, I try to, I try to, you know, she, uh, she tells me all the time how proud she is of me and how happy I make her. And, uh, you know, those are the things for me that I can't right. put, put, put words in, but, you know, I, I'd say the one thing that she always taught me that's, that's helped me so much on my journey as a coach and as a leader and just as a man is like, um, anytime something went wrong when I was younger and no matter what it was, no matter what the situation was, she always had a way to spin and just be like, okay, well, let, let's figure it out. You know, let's figure out what's next. And that just um, that mentality. Right. She never dwelled on negativity, uh, on negative things or whatever. It was always just, OK, let, let's figure it out. Like and, and again, like, you know, I, and I can just keep this to, to basketball perspective. Um, 
when I was when I was in sixth grade, I didn't make the sixth grade Dover travel team. And she was like, OK, so you didn't make the team. She's like, OK, what, what's next? Are you going to sit here and talk about it? Or are you, are you going to work on your game? And like, I just remember at, even at that age, like not letting me just dwell and be negative and be in soaking my sorrows. She's like, OK, like get better. You know what I'm saying? And um, just that mindset has always allowed me to go forward when things don't go my way. Like, OK, let's figure it out. Like what's what's the, what's another approach? How can I reattack this? And uh, yeah, yeah, it's def- definitely has helped me along my way for sure. Yeah, that, I mean, that's such a game changer. We don't know it at the time, but it's such great medicine. Like I, I tell my players, uh, we were supposed to go to a tournament. My, I grew up on a dairy farm. My father needed one of us and I had an older brother and he mm-hmm. needed one of us to stay behind and one, one could go. So we were, you know, staring at each other, figure, trying to figure out who would go. Yeah. And he said, oh, this decision's easy. Your brother's way better than you. He's going to the tournament. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But at that time, that was the game changer for me. That was the separator. I got yeah. out there. I was practicing more. I was working harder. I was working on my game. So, I mean, that just sounds like like that situation was the same for you. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It was just, uh, you know, having somebody, you know, sometimes as – as adults, man, we we cri- we crippled the our. You know, I don't have any kids, man. I, I treat my players like they're my sons, probably sometimes a little too much, man. But you know, sometimes we cripple these kids with uh, with pouring negativity on them and giving them excuses that they wouldn't even have came up with themselves unless they mm-hmm. heard it from an adult. And uh, I I was never granted the opportunity to make excuses. And now I'm not sitting here and saying that my mom was just you know, super hard and, and everything else. But, you know, she, she didn't allow a lot of excuses to be made when things didn't go our way, you know? And, uh, yeah, so I'm forever, forever thankful for that. Forever thankful for that. So Michael, where do you think that mindset comes from those, those values and those, you know, perspectives that your, that your mom kind of brought to your family? Where do you think that messaging comes from? You know, uh, I, I, I'm sure her journey, you know, her own journey and uh, her own story that she went through and learned along the way. Um, I'm also blessed with uh, two fantastic grandparents, you know, my grand, my grandpa and, and grandmother, um, who are both who are both fortunately still alive. My grandpa is uh, like 91 right now. My grandma's oh, 89. Um, yeah, I got to go see her at the nursing home today. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they, they both have extreme core values in the rocks of our family, pillars of our family. So, uh, you know, the Mills family, man, we're, we're blessed with a lot of great leaders, um, that have just poured, poured into the next generation. And I know my, my grandma and grandpa poured into my mother with love and, and with support as well. And, uh, you know, she was able to do the same thing for us. Do you think that that has a lot to do with your faith? Yeah, yeah. You know, the the one thing I'll I'll say about about my faith that is unique in our family is uh is you know we're and, and I guess it goes to just who we are as as people in general is everybody has their own voice and that's something that at a, at a young age uh, I remember being taught you know to speak up for myself and to articulate my feelings and not just you know throw a tantrum and not just be quiet. I had to articulate myself why I was upset and things like that. Uh, and that just allowed me to have my own voice. But my faith was the same way. You know, I grew up going to church every single Sunday. Uh, if I stayed at my grandparents' house, I was going to church with them, um, the whole thing. So I grew up going to church, but I was never, I would never say it was a situation where I was forced to be like, 
um, this is what it is. Like I, you know, if there was a time I, I just, I was never forced to get baptized or anything like that, uh, until I, I felt like it was right for me. And I had those conversations and things like that, but, uh, it, it wasn't forced. So it allowed me to find my own journey, you know? And so, uh, I remember I was, and this is just a, this is a kind of off tangent story, but I, I remember when I was about 12 or 13, it was the first time I was thinking about getting baptized and the preacher at the church I was going to at the time, um, got caught with some things that, uh, weren't, weren't very preacher like, I'll just say it like that. Okay. And, yeah. uh, I was spending a lot of time with him in, in a positive way where he, you know, he was coming to my baseball games, coming to my basketball games, and he would have all the kids over to his house for ice cream socials and things like that. And so when this news broke, um, and he got dismissed from the church, I was kind of taken back, like, man, like I thought this guy was perfect, you know, type of thing. And I remember my mom telling me, at a young age, we had a conversation about it. And she was like, listen, like there's, it's very important that, you know, like just cause he's a preacher, uh, that he's not on a pedestal, he's not perfect, you know? And that's why Jesus came to save us all. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. And so I believe that Jesus, you know, is the son of God. And, and, uh, you know, she articulated that that's why Jesus came to save us. Cause man is not perfect and you can't mm-hmm. put a man on a pedestal. And it was, it was very important for me to learn that lesson at that age, because, you know, it's, Obviously, it's come to pass several different times throughout my life. And so it was good to learn it at that age. But it allowed me to really look at my own faith and, and to dive in deeper for myself and not because I was following uh, my preacher, if that if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it does for me. I mean, that's as you grow up, sometimes, especially in this culture we live in with social media, you know, and for uh, maybe Eric and I a little bit older, just getting into the internet, like in sports figures, you see people sometimes as, as these people that are elite or uh, beyond you or mm-hmm. beyond maybe even having a conversation. Eric and I have had this conversation yeah. before about being, you know, like super fans and right, being nervous to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, right, and right. It, and it's almost like, no, like they're, they're human beings, just like everybody yes. else. They might have a superior skill set in one particular area, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, make them any better, any worse than anybody else. So absolutely, yeah, that's a great, that's a great comment. Um, you said football player. Yeah. And yeah. Football fan. I know we've talked on a couple, you know, different, <laughs> you know, platforms. Right. Who's your team? Who's your team? Man. So listen, um, you know, my, my dad and my grandpa grew up They They're obviously are big Cleveland Browns fans. Um, but okay. when, when I was growing up, you got to remember, like, you know, I, I was born in 88. So. I honestly didn't really see the Cleveland Browns win at all, right? Because right. they, yeah. when I was younger, we were still here. We went to the playoffs, I think, in like 94, but then they left in 95. So in those young ages, you know, when you're in elementary school and you're talking about this is your favorite player and all this type of stuff, we didn't have the Cleveland Browns here. Um and then when they came back, they were horrible, right? So it was like, so, you know, during my younger days, I was definitely a Dallas Cowboys fan, uh, Troy Aikman, Michael Irving, Emmett Smith, like all those guys. Uh, and then I kind of just became more of a, uh, more of a, I would say, a, a, a player fan. Um, yeah. Until recently, I'll, I'll probably say about, you know, six, seven years ago, uh, me and my boys, man, we, we really dove into being, you know, back to being on the Browns bandwagon. And okay. uh, I've always watched them, but I can I can say now I'm a fan, you know. And you can say oh, just bandwagon. That's that's fine. We're we're winning now, and uh, as are the Bills, you know. As as are the, yes, the, the Bills are winning now, type of thing. So yeah, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan right now when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, Michael. It's good. 
Mike, I was just going to say, Eric and I, obviously, from being from Buffalo, we are huge Bills fans. So right. you're telling, you're saying Dallas Cowboys, and I'm like sitting here churning. <laughs> right. I'm churning at those Super Bowls. You're killing me. No, I, uh, I would say, and Eric can jump in here too. I would say my second team, obviously, the Bills are the number one team. Yeah. The second team for me is Cleveland for a couple of reasons. Number one, Cleveland's very similar to Buffalo. Like right. blue collar, work, yep. work ethic, you know. Yep. Uh, but also, Coach Klump and I had an opportunity. Uh, your center, J.C. Treader, actually played for me. Okay. And Coach Klump, and Coach Klump actually got to coach him like in camp and stuff. So yeah. okay, like we have a, I have a little personal connection. Right. Him, so. Um, we we've been down to many Browns games. Yeah, you have some skin. You have some skin in the game a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, that's good. Did you ever think that that football was going to be the path you were going to go on, or was it all basketball at the time? You know, I I didn't really know at a younger. So being from Northeast Ohio, literally the football Hall of Fame is 15 minutes from where I grew up. Um, and Ohio is definitely a football state. I mean, it's it's uh, Friday nights in Ohio are, are very very special. Uh, and I, I played I played high school football all the way through. Um, and, and I just uh, I, I love I love football, you know. But it was always just something about basketball, man. That was just special to me. It was just it was always special to me. So I I I loved it. Played it all the way through, and was you know an all conference type player and stuff like that on a really good high school football team. But uh, I just always loved basketball. Always loved basketball. So speaking about special, uh, like in 2018, I was able to attend my first PGC camp, and it was transformational. And it's always great to catch up. Like you, you started the pod with that PGC family and mm-hmm. now you're a director. It's got to be a, a pretty prestigious honor to, or, and kind of like nerve wracking to learn that you're, man, your work, you're going to be directing this camp and influencing about 120 kids lives. What does that feel like? Oh man, it's, it's special. It, it is special. And it's something that, uh, you know, is, is, is up there. It's super high up there as far as even just honestly accomplishments. You know, I went to my first PGC session after my senior year of high school. Uh, and I was looking for something to help me bridge that gap between, you know, high school basketball and college basketball. I've all every summer before then, I've, I've always been to camps. I've always mm-hmm. done camps. I've always done AAU. But after your senior year of high school, there's kind of really isn't anything. Um, and my dad just was looking it up and was searching and stumbled upon it. And uh, he was like, hey, listen, he's like, I can, you know, give you this as a gift. This would be your senior gift or uh, I'll, I'll grant you the opportunity. I can, you can get this money and put it down on a car and you can have a car your freshman year, uh, of college or start working your way basically towards having a car your freshman year of college. And I said, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll go to the camp. And he spoke really highly of it actually had found some articles for me to read about it and things like that. So I was like, yeah, sounds, sounds great. Uh, and what I got from there, man, was just a whole mm-hmm. lifetime of things that, um, you know, that I'll never be able to, to, to pay back. It's just been awesome. So to go from an athlete, um, and then, a, you know, a basket instructor to an assistant director, to a director, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been, it's been absolutely awesome. And, uh, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm thankful every single session I get to lead. I'm, I'm beyond thankful and blessed. Yeah, Mike, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Eric, a couple of years ago, after him going for the first time, mm-hmm. came back. And again, him and I being friends, you know, going back 20 plus years, he knows how much of a hoops guy I am as well. And he's like, you just got to go. He's like, trust me, you just got to go. So <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. When I went, it was the same thing. And I feel like, you know, not to get too, too religious, but like sometimes you just get put in these positions if you just 
you know, suck it up and do it and don't think too much about it, where you kind of get put on a path. I mean, doing that PGC, maybe not directly working, you know, for PGC, although I have been a BI for like one summer. Yeah. You make connections like we have with you now. We're talking with like Sam Allen and he like, it's just, uh, it enlightens your way of thinking. It gives you an opportunity to think outside of, mm-hmm. you know, your normal situation. And that's, that's just the most powerful. And then obviously, you know, Mana when he's there, oh, yeah. and has an opportunity to listen to that man speak. It, it, it is life altering. But in that position as a PGC director now, like Eric and I always talk, you know, we're in the season of like coaches clinics and especially with COVID all this online yep. stuff. Where do you see the balance for yourself, like being a consumer of knowledge versus like a producer of knowledge? Like, do you, are you finding yourself like logging into a lot of these or are you trying to like slim down your focus and just focus on like what Wilmington's going to do? Like where, where do you find the balance in there? Man, that's, that's so, that's a heavy question there. Cause there's so much, especially like you said, over the last year and a half, uh, I feel like online just learning platforms have grown so much in a great way, you know, in, in a great way. But uh, I, I pride myself on being a lifelong learner and trying to learn yeah. so many things. So like you said, you can get caught up in that, you know, taking too much in at times. Um, and I, I've, I've had to, I've had to scale back. So the biggest thing that I do um, is I really, really try to figure out, okay, how does this, how does this matter to me? Like, how can I take whatever podcast I'm listening to? I'm always, I usually, I'm always listening to something. I'm trying to say, okay, how does this matter to me? Um, is this something for my team? Is this something for me just overall as a leader? Is this something for me when I'm potentially a father? Like, is this something for me when I'm, you know, potentially a husband, like things like that? Um, but then I, I usually tag certain things of like, and I'm listening to just hear, you know, when I'm driving, sometimes I'll just listen. I'm hearing. OK, that's good. That's nice. But then when I hear stuff that I'm like, OK, I need to learn that. I need to come back to it. I always tag it and come back to it. Uh, and so that's been the biggest thing for me is just coming back to certain things like, oh, you know, I can fast forward through certain things and just listen to listen. But uh, when I'm hearing something that's speaking to my heart and speaking to like, this is something that I really need. Uh, I usually just highlight it, come back to it and then get in a situation where I can write down the notes that I want and really and really unpack it. Awesome. So, Micah, uh, who are your all stars in your podcast list? Oh, man. Uh, let me see here. Obviously, I listened. I've been listening to uh, Hardwood Hustle for for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I've been listening to them since I was a, since I was a GA, since I was a graduate assistant. Uh, I listen to a lot of I'm trying to think here. Uh, John Gordon has some good ones. Um, I think he has his, uh, what's it called? Uh, the positive you podcast. Yeah. I yep. think he has. Yeah. I listen to his, uh, I listen to Chris Oliver on the basketball emerging podcast. Um, and obviously I listen to the, you know, beyond the ball. I told you, I, uh, right. yeah, I listened to you guys. I got you guys subscribed. Um, so those are kind of some of the several ones that I, that I really listen to a ton. Um, and then I'm just always with so many, there's so many, um, online coaching you know interviews and online coaching things like that that i that i listen to i tell you one that i listen to a ton of is tim knight and urban meyer have a podcast uh, i forget the name of it um but it, it's it's really good it's really good I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it now the name of it um but i listen to a ton of urban Meyer. anything i can get my hands on on urban meyer uh i listen to it whether it's 
you know, just on YouTube or whatever. But I, th- I think he's great. I think he's great. That's so good. So, Micah, we're, we, you have given us so much time. We are super grateful and appreciate you. Um, any direction that you feel like, you know, the Lord is taking you and what direction you, you see yourself like in the next five to ten years? Um, man, you know, I, so here's, here's the truth of the matter. I, I'm truly trying to just be where my feet are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I feel like as a, as a younger coach in the college ranks, especially at the division three level, everybody loves to ask like, Oh, when are you going to go division one? Or when are you going to try to become a head coach and yada, yada, yada. And I, I definitely felt myself for about a year or so really getting caught up and trying to answer that question and trying to be like, Oh, I have this plan. I have that plan. And, uh, I felt like in that year that I did that, uh, I did my my team a disservice. Now, they wouldn't know that from how, you know, they wouldn't know that from things from them. But inside, I knew I was doing a disservice mm-hmm. because I just wasn't where my feet were at. Um, and this and this past year, uh, I've I've truly dove in to just be where my feet are at and just pour into exactly where I'm at. And yes, you know, I, I hope one day that, you know, my dreams and aspirations are, are to be a, a college head coach. You know, so I definitely have those dreams and aspirations. But man, right now I'm just really trying to focus on being where my feet are at and, and being the best that I that I can be as a, you know, as a as an associate head coach, as a AAU coach and as a as a PGC director uh, in all in all those areas, man. And uh, if I do that, I, I definitely have faith that uh, God will take my path where it needs to go. And I'm not trying to have like a cliche answer, but that's just that's just really where I'm at right now. Amen. No, what a way to finish up. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, how did you get so smart at such a young age? <laughs> nah. Like, I feel like Eric and I are just coming into this knowledge and we're in our 40s. Nah, like, man. That's great. <laughs> no, that's, that's Surround funny. Surround yourself with the inner circle like we talked about earlier in the five. Yeah, yeah. Inner circle, great man. Inner circle. A family. I, I know I, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and, uh, you know, they say, you, you, you know, get around people who are wise, you know, and I, I've spent a lot of time behind my grandpa and my grandma and that just asking them questions having them pour into me um as well as coaches and, and, and not to not to stay on the pgc wagon but one thing that i know pgc has allowed me to do is it's, it's grown my wisdom in so many areas of you know how to interact with people um how to meet players where they're at um, and then help them get to where you want them to go and not where, you know, meet them where they should be at, you know, just, um, and how to have certain conversations and how to ask questions and, um, all those things. I've, I've truly been blessed. You know, I've truly been blessed to be around people who, who are just comfortable pouring into me. And, uh, you know, I just, I just try to try to use it and try to gain some more and, uh, keep, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that, uh, I picked up a long time ago was the quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, and that's uh, that's constantly. That's one of the reasons why Eric and I are doing this. You know, it, we're just constantly trying to see, you know, perspectives that are not our own. So, mm-hmm. listen, we appreciate the time. We've kept you too long. No, um, this is great. It was great. <laughs> I appreciate yes. you guys. Appreciate you guys. Yes. So thank you so much. Uh, if we can ever do anything moving forward. Let us know. Hopefully, we can get to see you at a PGC yes, sir. session here pretty soon. That would be fantastic, man. And uh, 
Eric and Jess, I appreciate you guys, man. You guys do a fantastic job of, of spreading the game, but also just spreading love, man. All you guys' podcasts and uh, are always great with great messages and and sharing love to other people, man. And that's and that's encouraging. That's really encouraging. So I appreciate you guys uh, thinking that I'd be I'd be a you know a person you'd want to have on your podcast, man. And hopefully I could give give one or two nuggets out there over our conversation. Oh, All I right. think that's I think that's accurate. Hey, thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, All good right, luck, Coach. Absolutely appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 